All right, cool, cool. Hey, hey, Spence. Spencer. I'm here, guys. How you doing? You all right? Hey, cool. we're good. How are you? What's up, Spencer? <laughs> Do you need uh, camera as well or just audio? Camera. We want to see you, yeah. Can you see yeah. us? Uh, no, I can't there see you guys. There you the go tash. again, the tash, bro. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome along. It's the Super Six podcast. It's episode 11 and it's Laura Woods and Bio Akin Fenwa. Number 11. Yo, what's going on, LW? 11, it's shooting past, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. They say, you listen, you don't know time when you're having fun and that, you get what I'm saying? Exactly. Talking about having fun, I was having a bit of fun watching your Instagram stories this week. Yeah? Why would I put on it? I discovered, oh, yes. I discovered yes. something about you that I, that I never knew before. I was yes. watching. A, I did not know you are in a man band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I put that out of my book, but I'm just letting you know, I did put it out of my book, but yes, um, I was once in a band. Secondly, you're the backing dancer and your brother, Deli, who I've met before, he is the lead singer. I had no idea any of this happened. Wait, hold on. You didn't know D was a singer-singer? No. What? I had no idea. All right, so he was, so like my brother Deli, proper R&B singer, his first track, X, I think it was, got to like number five in the MTV R&B charts. What? We're going back. 10 years ago, because I think when we was looking on YouTube, it was 10, 11 years ago. Um, could be longer than that, because I think the first one was when I was at Swansea. So it could be 14 years ago, that. But like, okay, for people that don't know, we was in an R&B group when I was younger. D wasn't lead singer of that. The group was called Too Naughty But Nice. <laughs> yeah. Of course it was. It was called that. Too Naughty But Nice. Too NBN. Too NBN. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, people? Allow me. It was back in the day and I, I didn't know if I was going to make it as a formula. Okay. Um, but then as we, as I got an older, what people, like I said, I was a choreographer when I was younger. Yes, you were a dance so, teacher, dance weren't you? Teacher. So I was, I did all the routines for my brother's performance. Yeah. So I was a backing dancer while D, because D was a solo artist, but then of course he needed, needed. we're going back, he needed backup dancers. And yes, it's out there on YouTube, your boy truly. And yes, you saw it, my daughter didn't know and was totally ripping me about my dance moves the other day. It was but, funny that actually. No, it was. It was, was we good. spent, it was meant to be movie night at home and they kind of said, oh, um, we, we found out um, Uncle Della sang. It was like, yeah, you didn't know. It was like, all on YouTube. So we spent like about two hours just going through videos and then they saw me dance and then it was just like, how embarrassing is our dad? I was like, hey, come on now, I can move. So good times. I think that's amazing that your your <laughs> kids are like, wow, we just found something out about you that we didn't know. Right. And it was, and it's huge. It was crazy. Honestly, it looks so professional. People want to find it. How do they find it? I just got on YouTube, type in Della Akinfemwa. And yeah, you'll just see his videos and then you'll see me in the back. I think like one of my favourite ones, we did the Drew Hill concert. Mm. Um, so my brother was, he was an opening act. And then, yeah, man, we had the same clothes. It, it was mad. It was good times. I listen, it was good times. I enjoyed my time anyway. It is amazing. Most people in life hope for one vocation that they're good at. You've got about six already and you're not even done yet. No, man, it's trial and error for me, man. You've got to dip your toes into a lot of things. <laughs> Don't put yourself in a box, people. Right. How you been? I've been all right, actually. Yeah, it's been weird, isn't it? International breaks, I've had a little bit of rest. I've been walking the dog a lot. I've been doing all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's it's lockdown. So my life has been very average, just the same as everybody else's lives. You know what, sorry, so you know what somebody uh, alluded to and they reminded me and they said the Laura curse kicked in, but just kicked in a week later. So all of a sudden I see Salah now, after you interviewed him, he's got the COVID. He's got the vid. Uh, he's got the vid. 
I, I wish I hadn't told everyone about this Laura curse because Oi, it happened. It's, it's starting to get peak out here. Do you know what's the scariest thing? Go on. I'm an Arsenal fan. I've got Mikel Arteta to interview on Friday. Do you know what? I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I, you can go with that one. Like, <laughs> you can go as long as it's not, you can go with that. Go interview. I need to do something to kind of break this curse right now. I've been good for you so far. No, you've been all right. You. No, you've been good for me. Mm. Like, that's because my energy yeah, just yeah. takes yours. You're impenetrable. Then, yeah, it just mixes yeah. it around and puts it back out, though. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, the LW curse strikes again. Sorry to all the Liverpool fans. Do you want to know what's coming up on the podcast this Come week? Come on now, talk to me. This is great. Our special guest this week, uh, he's a YouTuber, a podcaster, a FIFA pro, a club owner, a friend of both of ours. We've worked with him for a number of years as well. Spencer Carmichael Brown, you might know him better as Spencer FC. It's weird saying his full name like what? that. Do you know the worst thing is, I've known Spencer for... 10 years, 11 years, I didn't even know his full name like that. Yeah. That's real formal. You know, that's when he goes in there and he makes the money moves. Yeah, hello. And he says, I'm Spencer Carmichael Owen. God damn. Jeez, my guy Spencer, I'm looking forward to this. I love it. I'm looking forward to it as well. As usual, we've got the Super 6 fixtures for round 14. And that is for you to be within a chance of winning £250,000. A lot of money. Do you remember where they can follow us? Yeah, yeah. Go on Twitter. Hashtag Super 6 Podcast and give us a follow at Super 6. All right, let's get into it. Come on now. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. Okay, it's time for our guest for this week's podcast. I'm so pleased to say it's a friend of mine and bios as well. Yep. We've been waiting to have him on. He is the king of YouTube. It is Mr. Spencer FC. Did you like that crown? I just gave it oh. to you. Just put it on your head. Very generous. I'll I know, man. Uh, I, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have said that? nothing as nice as that. Who is the king then? Uh, what? You ain't, see, you ain't see my YouTube channel now. You ain't <laughs> see my one. Have you got one? Uh, yeah. Oh! Wow. Hey, <laughs> 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 right, it's my brother. What's going on, Spence? How you doing, brother? Yeah, all good, mate. I'm good. How are you, mate? Yeah, listen, I can't complain, you know. I can't complain. I'm I'm here with LW and <laughs> she does brighten up my Wednesdays. I won't lie. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Compliment. <laughs> yeah. That's an early one. I tell you what, Bio, we were just we were we were sat there, weren't we, a minute ago, and um we were talking about whether or not we're gonna do a few bits before the recording started. And um the question was raised about whether or not you'd be on time, and both of us were like hundred percent. Last week Troy Dini was an hour late and we were like with with Spencer, no, no, he'll he'll be on time. You were like five minutes early. But what is it, Spence? What, what, what? Is it, is it just? Are you? Is it just because you knew you was coming on with me that you just kind of because we ain't seen each other since a little while, or is it that you're just Mister Professional? What is it? Your whole your whole demeanor is professional, you know, brother. Uh, uh, if you want to throw plaudits at me, I'll take it. But uh, there's a lot of people out there that probably wouldn't say I'm the best at timekeeping. So I'm. Um, I don't know. I just was on time today. You caught me on a good day, I guess. Yeah, good, <laughs> we'll take that. Good. We'll take that. We'll, we'll chat about it. There are probably a hundred pieces of thread we can pick with you in your career about where to start because it actually feels like not only did your career start quite interestingly, but then you've also sparked other careers and other things off the back of that as well, which is why I find you particularly, here's another plaudit, quite innovative, quite sort of individual in, in your sort of style. And you've done it all in what I would consider as like a really professional way. You've not done something by halves. You've wanted to do something and you've thrown everything at it to make sure it's a success and it goes well. First of all, why don't we start, because you're wearing your hashtag shirt, I want to start there. So for people that are listening that don't know enough about you, tell us about Hashtag United. Yeah, so um, my background's in YouTube videos. I've made YouTube videos for a long time. And um, uh, at one point I decided I wanted to start filming 
me and my friends playing football. We did a big event a couple of times on YouTube called the Wembley Cup. Buyers worked on it a couple of times. Amazing. Um, and uh, essentially it was when we got big YouTubers to play in a charity game, kind of like a soccer aid, but for sort of different influencers and stuff like that. And it was really popular. Uh, the first one had like 19 million views on YouTube. Crazy. <laughs> and I was like, right, I love this. I love the idea of, of organizing football games and playing football games on YouTube, but I can't do a Wembley Cup every week because obviously, you know, it's, guys diaries to think about the stadium all this stuff to sort out how do I make a kind of more uh, sustainable version and it was filming my friends playing football didn't really have many more plans other than that at first it was like we like the idea of creating a team I've done it before I created a team when I was 16 I ran my university team you know I'm kind of that guy I'm that busy God (laughs) Spencer's gonna make us do this again I'm that guy and um, we made hashtag we called it hashtag united because a lot of us worked in social media, you know, before kind of we became, well, I became full-time on YouTube. I worked at a YouTube channel. I'd worked for a footballer before. But there are all these different kind of things. And we just thought it was a funny name because it kind of uh, did what it said in the tin, mm. you know, hashtag United, we, we, we work on, in social media. And also it made people kind of look a little bit, what's this team? Find out a bit more about it. Started playing friendlies and stuff on YouTube. My brother was in the team, my friends from uni, my friends from school. Quickly, it kind of accelerated way beyond our expectations. We found ourselves on tour in America. <laughs> we were playing with people like Steven Gerrard, Robert Perez, like mad. unbelievable experiences way beyond our pay grade, if you like, as footballers. And we did that for two years and it was amazing. And then we got our squad. We were all kind of either my age, sort of we were sort of hitting 30 or my brother's age and his friends were sort of mid-30s and having kids. And we all lived in different parts of the country wasn't sustainable to keep doing that forever so i wanted us to be a proper football club we had this huge support behind us so i was able to take us into non-league football we've technically played two seasons now the second season was, was null and void because of covid but the first season we won our our title in the first season we got promoted from the ninth tier uh, sorry the tenth tier to the ninth tier of english football and this year we played in our first fa cup which was amazing uh, we, we won uh, three games in the fa cup which mm-hmm. took us to the second qualifying round where we actually were televised on, B- on bbc as well yeah. and um Ultimately, we lost a penalty shootout to a team three levels above us in the in the National League South on penalties. We were actually were one nil up with one minute to go. Oh, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so we're a proper team now. Yeah, Cesares <laughs> Pulaqueta is one of our uh, directors as well. He's, he's he owns shares in the club as well as myself. That, and I did not know that. We, that's mad. Yeah, what? yeah. That's amazing. It's, 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 it's gone. I mean, that, that's not even the short version, but that's <laughs> a middle version for it. Yeah. Right. I'm going to touch on something because you. You, you touched on it. And so I want to talk about like just the Wembley Cup, just one aspect of what you did. So I went to, I don't know if it was the first one, but I'm definitely sure it was. This would have been the second one if it wasn't the first one I went to. And I basically got a, I got to say that I was blown away. So I met Spencer years ago, maybe 10 years. Are we going 10 years? Man, not quite that, but yeah, not far off. Probably about okay. seven, eight years ago. Seven, I was eight years ago. Ratings. Yeah. So, but we no, but we played against each other. I swear I was at Gillingham when we played. We played each other when you was doing the FIFA. weren't that like? Oh no, yeah, sorry, that was the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, okay, it I'll take that back. Yeah, yeah, the yeah okay. at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, that it's shows, easy to forget. Isn't that's it? what I'm trying to say. That shows that I made an impression on him, big time, <laughs> big time. Anyway, listen. So, and it's crazy. I just want to say about the Wembley Cup. So, I've been to Wembley for events. And I don't think I'd played at Wembley by the time I went to the Wembley Cup. So I've been there on events. And when I mean I was so blown away by the Wembley Cup, I literally, I, I wasn't, I don't think I did anything. I just turned up and I walked across 
And the way the fans were going, literally, I was, I didn't know what it was. I just thought, oh, rah, Spencer's going to play at Wembley. Like, what, what, what is this? When I mean I was blown away. So I want to ask you, first, how did the idea come about that you was going to go to Wembley where I'm talking about full-blown professionals have never played, <laughs> period, like yeah. in their whole career. And you was like, yeah, yeah, listen, I'm going to go and take like a a European Cup style game to Wembley. I, like, I, for, it was mad. No, I, the worst thing is because the energy and how much of an event it was for me was, it still sticks with me now. I mean, it came up on my timeline and it was mind blowing. So for that, Spence, how did you feel? How did it come about? How did you even just get the mindset? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go take some boys and we're going to go and play on the hollow turf of Wembley. You know what's crazy, Vaj? You talked about pros not playing there. I've played there five times. That's insane. <laughs> He's played there more times than me. I've played the game for 20 years. <laughs> I'm hating you know, on I've you. played the game for 20 years too. It's not very well. <laughs> did, did you try and book other venues and they were unavailable? So you got to like fifth and list. You're like, oh, I'm going to have to try Wembley. <laughs> no, no. no, let's be honest. Like Wembley is like the pinnacle. And the um, so how it actually came about is I remember distinctly a conversation. I was having an event called Eurogamer in Germany where you go and it's like a big gaming uh exhibition mm. and like a lot of guys that made FIFA content and stuff were there. Some of them make the big YouTubers, you know, you talk about the, the king of YouTube, but certainly in this country, it's, it's KSI, right? Mm. He's the guy that set the tone for everyone, really. I mean, he's the person that the greatest respect to Bayer in the world is a good friend of mine. He's found fame way beyond the, the people that the level you play at. And I, and I think a large part of that, like my own career, is actually down to KSI. Like I'd say that again. I've said that numerous times. I'm with you. He's yeah. the one who, He's the one who introduced me to the world of, yeah. say, YouTube or social yeah. media. It was, listen, I'm 38. I, I don't know how old KSI is now, 24, 25 or something like that. Um, he's 27, I think. I was he 27. Thank so, God, because if you're going to tell me you're 24 and he's done all this, I would have just No, but retired. when I met KSI, we're talking about, he must have been 19, 20 maybe, wow. um, when I first met him. So it was a very much... I felt YouTube and social media was a young audience. Yeah. So I weren't at the time, you know, I was a father at what, four? And he introduced me to it in the sense where, I've always said this, I'm like, I owe a big education mm -hmm. to KSI because he just introduced me into that mm -hmm. whole social media world. But as well as this guy, I hooked up with Spence as well and Spence took it on to another level because they are different. And I, I was going to touch on that in the sense where, but you continue because I want to touch on how yeah. you and KSI are different but and I learned from the both of you. I was at that Eurogame and there was a load of us around the table. I think we were having dinner and it was KSI. I'm not even sure if the Sidemen as and of course the Sidemen as a group did exist. So that's KSI and a lot of his, his great friends, people like Simon or Mini Minta, uh, Tobe Jizzle, uh, loads of guys. I can name them all. And um, we were talking about we all love football, right? Most of us made football content of some kind. And I knew there was an opportunity. I had this idea of a football soccer aid for YouTube. And I was saying to him, and Wembley wasn't on the cards, obviously. We don't just go, let's play at Wembley. We couldn't necessarily make that happen. Yeah. I said, look, I was a bit older than them. I'd come out of like a bit more of a kind of traditional career and started to do YouTube full time. Whereas these guys are going straight from school. So I said, look, leave this with me. If I can get us a game in a cool place, are you guys up for it? That's all I knew. And they were like, yeah, sweet. See what you can do. So I actually pitched it to YouTube. So I'd worked with YouTube previously when I'd worked for a YouTube channel. And I'd, I had some contacts there. So I essentially emailed them an idea. I said, look, I've got this idea. Pretty sure I can get these guys to play. Like, and the original idea, right, was actually that we were going to try and go on a, a, one of these football tours in Vegas. 
We were going to make a vlog and it was going to be like the lads going football tour of YouTube is to play. This is someone I knew had played in a football tournament in Vegas and I thought it sounded pretty cool. So I was like, if they can pay for us to all go to Vegas, we'll make a vlog. It'd be amazing. And then basically what happened is obviously need someone to pay for it. So YouTube said, look, we've got some brands we work with. Let's go and have some meetings. And I went and pitched it with a load of, with YouTube to a load of different brands. And the one that ultimately um, provided the whole sort of experience was, was EE, who have, of course, sponsored Wembley Stadium. Yeah. So they said, look, to get this Vegas thing, do you want to play at Wembley? Wow. I was like, well, yeah, that'd be <laughs> ideal. How does that work? And we come up with this idea. We developed this series idea. And the creative for it was, it was sort of Spencer FC, as my YouTube channel is called, versus the Sidemen. Okay. And we played... And they created a team. We created a team for episodes. And that was the first game. And that first one, it was behind closed doors. So we didn't have fans. We filmed it in like May and it went up in like September. Yeah. It was crazy. And we actually filmed it the day after the FA Cup final. So the I'd been at the FA Cup final. It was I think it was Villa United. I think Jesse Lingard scored a really good goal that game. And um, the pitch was, the groundsman said to us, obviously the pitch is always going to be great. But he said, just so you know, because you're playing the day after the FA Cup final, like this is, I think he is a tier system for pitches. And I think it's like triple A or something. He was like, this is the best physical version of Wembley you could ever play on. <laughs> I really enjoy it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and um, we did, it was great. But then the one that the Bayo's talking about, the, the second one, which he came to, we then had fans, which is why it went up a level. We had 22,000 people at that one. And then the third one, uh, we had 34,000. <laughs> and then we did a fourth one where we had about 20 again Though we were a little bit we had to move the fourth one because um, actually it's Tottenham's fault because uh, oh, they were, they playing were Wembley, inhabiting it yeah so it got moved quite last minute and late in the day and I think that I mean who knows how many we'd have had but we we changed the format quite a lot by the fourth one but yeah we were very lucky always you know 20k plus people in the crowd and that's kind of how it started it's amazing, man. It is like it is honestly when when you look at people's YouTube careers and what they're doing, and I know he's saying it in KSI and and what he's done, but I do think that what makes you quite unique is you're almost like a businessman on YouTube. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. I kind of because I kind of feel like what you put your hand to, you you generally, like I said earlier on, you you're quite innovative and then you do it properly and you do it really well. You've got all these different strings to your bow, as I mentioned earlier on. So the first time I worked with you, I think we'd we'd crossed paths a little bit in the sort of YouTube world because I was doing stuff with Soccer AM and we were learning from you guys. You know, we were looking at all of you guys. Same with you, Bo, actually. I think that's probably the first time I met you as well with all the YouTube stuff yeah. that everyone was doing at the time. But then I remember me and you worked together, Spencer, for the FIFA Interactive World Cup and at the time, and always remember this, the first one that we did together, which I think, I don't know how many of them have been before. It might have even been the first one or maybe the first televised one or whatever. The prize money for it was $20,000. Then the next one that came along, the prize money the next year was $200,000. And it was the first time I kind of looked into this world and I just thought, if you want an idea of how rapidly things are growing, that was it there. Yeah. But when I was working with Spencer, when I talk about the, the strings to his bow, presenting is obviously a big one because you are naturally that on YouTube but then also like you were basically doing a pundit's role so I was the presenter and you were the pundit and to be fair like I'll be honest it wasn't an area that my knowledge was huge in so I was like working overtime doing all my research this guy got me out of trouble so many times because I was like I probably only got one question here I can't really think of another one and luckily you could speak for about five minutes on any any player <laughs> Anything that I I could have even said to you, what do you think of the lighting today? And you'd have been like, interestingly, they, they sourced this light from this place. I swear to God, it was, it was so in depth. I learned so much just from standing next to you. It was amazing. 
the problem with me is usually shutting me up. It's not. Um, yeah, after a while, I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm sure you've. Yeah, I'm sure you've had this. But no, I mean, I think you did amazingly well. We worked at loads of different events together, and I was always so impressed by, particularly at that point in your career, where you would move from all these different sports across the board, and like it was so impressive to me to see someone come in. And you might say that you felt, you know, that you didn't know as much, and it, you, you're not going to know as much as me. I was living and breathing it. It would be bad for me if you. It, I'd be not doing my job if I didn't know more than. Than ever person next to me, but you were fantastic. I think like I was always so impressed with your ability to come in all these different events. And the thing about FIFA esports is it's like changing every five minutes. Like there's a new event, and there's a lot of them are like replicating a real life tournament. So you talk about the E Club World Cup or the IWC as it was called back in the day. We have the E Club World Cup, which is like the Club World Cup. But then we have our own sort of idiosyncratic events that don't really marry up at all. You were, you were getting thrown in there. <laughs> And you were doing something and then you get another one. So, yeah, I mean, we, we probably presented about at least five or six, I think, events together over the yeah, years. Yeah, we? we've it's done been... loads together. But it's always been really fun, though. That's what I've always quite enjoyed because also that world is quite niche sometimes. Like, not to the people that are in it, but from the outside, if you come across it, you're like, what's this? This is quite different and we don't really know what it is or anything like that. So so to have someone be quite welcoming, I felt, was was quite good. I always remember getting sent, like, the, the stats packs and stuff like that on each individual person. And in sport, right, when you cover something, and, like, I have done a lot of niche sports. So I've, like, done, like, um, Moscow couple I've done bowling before and stuff like that you know sports that you can be forgiven for not knowing that much about or that much knowledge you learn the names then you're done the problem with this is their names are like E17 M this that <laughs> da, 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 underscore and I was like oh great and I'm going like can someone just tell me how to say the short version of this anyway I loved it basically I thought I thought it was absolutely wicked but it was like it was our insight into your world to us as broadcasters like Sky Sports right big, huge broadcaster, one of the biggest in the country, especially in the world of football, that sort of thing. Looking into the world of of you, at the time, you must have only been about 25, were you? Yeah, when it was all started, started kicking off, yeah, around yeah. that age. So this 25-year-old has basically created what I would call an empire and then involved your family. So, like, you've got brothers. I've, I've met one of your brothers. I've met your dad before. Your girlfriend, now fiancé. Are you married yet? No, I mean, we, we, we might have been married by now if it wasn't for COVID. I don't know. We hadn't yeah. actually got to the point of, uh, we got engaged in January yeah. 2020. So like, what, two months later, the world is on lockdown. So we haven't really worked that bit out yet. You'll get there. You'll get around yeah. to it eventually. So, so don't you're... rush, man. Don't rush. Yeah. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I bet her she's a cool one. She's you wicked. better rush, cuz. Don't let her go, cuz. You get me? Your, your fiancé, like all of the people around you, you're involved in this empire of yours. And now you're so like you're more than just self-sustaining I just think it's like did you ever when you were a little bit younger have the vision that you could create something like this yes. oh I mean no way like don't the, lie man about, you were no, that guy man if you're thinking about specifically right if you're thinking about like the actual industry I work in it didn't exist when I was growing up hmm. so there's no way I could have had this in planned you know where I'll say is I read this video the other day actually which is quite a good example right so when I was 16 as I mentioned earlier I made a football team so uh, when you're a lot of youth teams, when you get to 16, they stop, right? Because they just don't go further than that. And three of us were in the same position. So I, I looked to set up a team. I asked my dad, who had been like working in non-league as a physio. His background's in like, he's got his own career, but he's a physio as well. And um, I said, like, can you help us? Could you be the manager? Potentially, I, I became the secretary of the club. I actually changed schools from sixth form 
And if you ask me why, it was because I wanted to recruit more players for the team. Are you serious? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, listen, I want him to speak because I want to. I want to. I want to round up what I think of this guy. <laughs> Go on. So I had players that had already signed up to play for me for my existing school, and then I changed. Went to the induction day of a different school, and I got like six, seven guys signed is, up, and I just happened like, to have a good day, so I thought I'd stay at the school because it's a bit nearer my house. <laughs> and um, but when I created this team. I didn't, I can't remember why, but I, was, I remember asking my dad how checks work, you know, like a check. Yeah. I don't really use them anymore, but, and he said, I'll show you how they work. So we had our, obviously our football uh, club bank account, had like five quid in the account or whatever. Uh, and we, you know, I don't come from, from money. I, my parents were from working class backgrounds, but to teach me a lesson, I think I didn't really understand it at the time, but he, he basically wrote me this check, which obviously couldn't be cashed. If you can see it, it's for a hundred thousand pounds, right? And it says on the back, more crucially, obviously it's never been cashed, towards the next club start venture. Wow. He said that was in 2005. Uh, 2005, yeah. And he basically, I said I wanted to make a club. I said I didn't want the team to finish when we went to university and stuff. And he's like, oh, I'll show you how a check works. Here's some money towards your next club. Knowing that I can never cash it because it's four pounds in the bank account. <laughs> Abbey National, by the way, it shows you how old it was. I know, that's what I was thinking. Abbey National, wow. Yeah. That was my first but, um, bank account. That was like an example of my dad, one trying to teach me a lesson of like, it's one of those sort of, uh, what's it called? Like law of attraction. You know, where you think about something that might happen. It, it, that, that did happen. We didn't know hashtag was going to happen, but I knew I wanted to keep the football sort of part of my life alive, knowing that I was never going to be a, professional player already and that was a way of kind of putting that affirmation out there and I think that it's also a good example of my dad because my me and my brother it's funny you say that I'm like a businessman like if you said that to my brother he'd probably laugh <laughs> really my brother is more of the businessman and I'm probably more of the ideas mm-hmm. man if you like I can't come up with the creative ideas and how they work within YouTube although I, I understand why you say that um, my dad is probably what imprinted both sides in us in that regard where he would always give us these little lessons. You know, he made a, a business out of, out of really nothing, uh, multiple businesses growing up. He's a proper entrepreneur, you know, working from home a lot as well. So that's something I do uh, as well. And I've learned that from him. So he's really, I guess, that inspiration where it all came from. But that's a long answer to the question. No, basically, I didn't think I was going to have a YouTube team <laughs> called your hashtag United when I was 16. <laughs> yeah, but you see what I get from you. I mean, I connected with you because you got two brothers, so there's three of them, just like me and my three brothers, and we roll together just like them three, <laughs> and they picture. So it's funny because Spence is the middle one. You're the middle one, younger one. Yep. So exactly myself, I'm the middle one, got my older brother. So I connected with him on that. So did you consciously make a decision that you was going to be... The way I want to try to put it is because now there's KSI, who, like you said, I know you're a bit older in him, but I think you're very methodical in your approach. So when LW said that you've got like a business persona when you talk, but of course it's such likable as well. And I learned that from you. So like I was saying, I could never be like the KSIs because they were much younger and you know, they was putting milk on themselves. You know, the, the, <laughs> you know, the younger thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, but you had the balance, which I gravitate a little bit more to because we're a bit of the older side, but I'm not saying that we can't have a laugh, have a joke. So did you did you consciously make that decision that look, this is how I'm gonna attack YouTube and create your own Empire, I think. Yeah, your own empire in your way, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I think what it is is that these guys, KSI being the main one, but this generation that kind of I mean, I'd been making YouTube videos, I think from well either at the same time or maybe even before KSI, because I did it literally when YouTube started when I was at university in like 2005, I think my mobile first video. But 
it was seeing people at KSI that 100% made me think I actually can have a career in this. So he, he definitely made that inspiration. But likewise, he's a few years younger than me. We're obviously different personalities. There's sort of content that a lot of people were prepared to make in the initial stages, at least, that was super, you know, engaging and going to get a huge um, results for them. But I wouldn't necessarily want to put my name to. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't necessarily want to do. And that's partly because I was a bit older. Would yeah. I have done it if I was their age? Probably. I yeah, hadn't yeah. maybe matured that little bit. I don't know. Um, so we needed that to happen as a space. But the thing about YouTuber and the term YouTuber is it's like calling someone that works on OnlyFans and Amazon an interneter. They're completely different industries. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. It make, and so you could be a YouTuber that makes videos about fixing watches and you could be a YouTuber that makes videos about riding horses. Like there's no, there's no actual necessary synergy there. So we're all different personalities and we all bring that through. I think for me, I'd worked in multiple careers, multiple jobs by the time I was sort of 25 that I thought, you know, I know what work, working, the traditional working life's like even though I had great jobs and I can never complain about them. I like the idea of being a bit more self-employed and control my own destiny. But then equally, I had an idea of the sort of content I wanted to make and the things I was prepared to do. And I just think it came down to age. You know, if I had had the kind of support on my YouTube videos when I first started making them, I don't know what I'd have ended up like. Mm. And, that, and that's another thing that I would say you give tremendous credit to these, this sort of initial wave of YouTubers as well. It's not just because of what they've done, but it's the people they've become. Because in some cases, that doesn't work that way. You know, you could easily get, go off the rails and whatnot. And that does happen sometimes. And these guys who, unlike me, my decision was I quit my job, right? I quit my job and I had to make sure I could pay rent on YouTube. That was my risk. These guys' risk was they didn't do A-levels or they didn't go to uni. Probably more like a footballer in that respect, in the sense that you have to sacrifice some of that early part of educational experience to commit to your craft. These guys did that too. And I wouldn't have done that at that age. I could have tried to do that at that age, but the space didn't really exist. So I went down a more traditional route. And if I had done it and had a million subscribers by the time I was 18, like you could easily become a bit of a dick. Yeah. Uh, I have, <laughs> but most, <laughs> yeah, most yeah. Of the, the big guys have, have stayed true. I like the way that you brought that up. There are a few dicks out there and um, you've encountered a few of them. And what I quite like about the world of, of YouTube is that it's almost unvetted in the way that you can call each other out. Sometimes it can it can be a bit of a drama kind of and a bit of a sort of soap scene or something like that. And other times it's, it's genuine. And I've watched quite a few of your videos actually where you have dissected some of the way that YouTubers interact with people and, and, and outside of that. And some of it kind of seeped into the Wembley Cup as well didn't it with Stephen Tries in particular and he's like if you're if you're listening you don't know who Stephen Tries is he's someone that I actually only came across quite recently and I don't watch a lot of YouTube I don't really sort of consume a lot of it but I find him quite unique in a way because I've he's almost like an actor or a comedian or something like that he's very understated and I, I just think he's quite funny has the world of YouTube changed in a sense when you're talking about 2005 and when you were making your first videos the way and the place that it's got to now how much has it changed and what are those elements that kind of create what is now just this universe where you can have these spats between channels and and personalities and all sorts I mean, it's changed dramatically. Just to clarify one thing, the drama, there was no drama between me and Stephen Trice. Stephen Trice is very much uh, the recipient of yeah. some, some drama. Sorry but, if uh, I didn't make that clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. And also he like literally is a comedian. I mean, people are usually shocked to find out that I used to do stand-up comedy as well when I was I younger. I was, yeah. So, I so, heard that. 
It was you wasn't yeah. funny though, man. No, I mean clearly not. You, we're just describing him as a businessman. We said a businessman. Like, you wasn't was funny, comedian, but no. I was trying. I was trying stand up. My dad was like, "You need to fall back on a trade. Get into YouTube." <laughs> um, there's an example of a sort of humour. But no, um, basically, Stephen Tries actually did do stand up. I mean, we both did, but he actually is committed to that career. And he's much better at it than I was. But I definitely have an affinity towards Stephen. He's a great, great guy. Drama wise, well, obviously YouTube's changed dramatically. Obviously. It's 15 years old it's going to happen um the main thing is money really that's what's really changed you know the people that were doing youtube from the years of probably 2005 to like 2008 there was no money there was no sign of any money there was it was only it was a hobby it was no different to doing you know dog walking it was something you did because you like doing it and maybe people watched it but we're talking small numbers back then like i remember a video i made accidentally went sort of viral back in the day. And I'm talking like hundred thousand, which back then views wise was, was probably like inflation was probably equivalent of like a million now because less people were watching and there was no money to be made in it. It was just a thing that people might go like, Oh, you're that guy from that video. So it wasn't something that was as cool. You know, it was that most of us, to be honest, we have a generalization, but most YouTubers from that era have all got something in common, which is that they were probably a little bit, of an outsider, I would say at school, like not necessarily, you know, had a bad time or anything, yeah. but they were. They were. I was always the outsider in everything I did. I was the football playing guy at uni who ran one of the teams, but also did stand up comedy and university radio. So I was like the bit of the geek within the football bunch. Yeah, you was weird, bro. You was weird. I ain't gonna lie, buddy. I have to put that on him there because <laughs> you're my guy. You're my man, a hundred grand and like, but you put that to you. You'd be like, yeah, yeah. I had a Spence over there. Yeah, just leave him. Leave him. Leave him. <laughs> Just leave him, leave him. He's doing his accounts, you know? <laughs> so I was like the geeky footballer, but then I was the, in the other world of doing like radio, I was seen as the, the, the sort of jock, whatever, that played yeah. football because no one else was really in the football team yeah. in that sort of world. So I was always a bit of a... Any, any zone you're in. Yeah, yeah, and it was I got used to that. And I changed schools a lot, as I mentioned. It's, uh, I actually went to like six different schools as a kid. Wow. And I think I always, for various reasons, none of them really bad, but I, I always... Um, <laughs> had to make new friends in new groups and stuff. So I think, but that's something that a lot of YouTubers have. A lot of YouTubers probably went to YouTube as some kind of escape or some kind of... You get validation from it, don't you? Yeah, some sort yeah. of way to ex express themselves. And the money's what changed it for sure. It's great what YouTube's become in many ways. The type of videos have changed dramatically. The production value has obviously gone up unbelievably. In terms of the drama, like, it's something that I very much try to stay away from with maybe one, one exceptional difference to that recently. And that was kind of for good reason. But I think that... Whoa, whoa, whoa don't skip past this, bub. What, 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 what was the beef? <laughs> this don't... is what I'm saying. I'm trying to avoid Yeah, drama. but don't... You can't... Hold on. You can't... See, see how weird you You can't in. touch on it because the people want to know. They'd be like, oh, wait, hold on. Spence had beef. Spence don't normally has beef. And he's touched on it. What's the beef he had? But come on, bub. They want to know. Here's an example of, of why I'm not a good person to have beef with, right? This beef eventually happened in 2018. I didn't talk about it until 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it was I just simmering. I let the beef go off. I left it out of the fridge. And it just became very... It was a slow cooker. So but, who, was, um, who was the beef with? No, to be honest, like, I'll, I'll mention it, but I don't want to go into it because, honestly, it's out of respect to the other people because well, I don't like public beef because... I prefer to eat my beef in private. Say nothing. Basically, come on. It's the best so way to eat beef, Bob. It's the best way to eat beef. There's so many people involved, though, that will jump on one kind of story and narrative, and it is a nuanced subject, and there are different perspectives involved. 
And I don't want people like, I said this when I made the video, going after anyone or like mm. creating any drama in my name because I'm not interested I in that. I actually know. I actually watched this. I watched the full video. I'm I not going to lie. Know. So I actually know. But I know what you're saying. But it's just yeah. people won't know. That's the reason why I'm asking. I actually know. And I heard you say this right at the beginning of the of your video. I'm saying what you're saying now. Do you know what I'm saying? But just for the people that don't know, the beef was with who? It's a difficult one because the... It's an, it, 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 yeah, the beef was with really the guys called the F2 freestylers, right? Oh, I, I don't even like using the word beef. It's not really beef. No, no, they did some things that I didn't like. They yeah, did yeah, some yeah. things that I didn't like and yeah. I didn't approve of them. So I felt, on one hand, I, I think people should be held accountable to that, particularly if they have a lot of fans and um, they, you know, monetizing that fans, like we all do, right? Yeah. And no one is perfect. I'm not sitting here saying I'm perfect. You guys heap all this praise on me and say I'm such a good businessman and all this stuff. I've made mistakes. I've done things I'm not proud of. I've said things to people I wish I'd never said. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And no one is perfect. We've all right? done that, man, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it's not about holding people to a certain um, level. Yeah. that you, I always say, if you say something, you criticize someone in some way, and they... And, and I hate it when people will reply to something like that by criticizing you back rather than defend, like explaining mm. what they've done. I always say, if you develop like a, a, a complex where you can only be criticized by the perfect person, guess what? You'll never be criticized for the yeah, rest yeah. of your life. There's no one's yeah, perfect. Yeah. And so essentially, I, I don't like the idea of, of airing dirty laundry, but some stuff had been said about me and on like my time, if you like, that was not right or fair, really like libelous. And it also was a kind of... Um, a final straw in many things I'd seen over a period of years. And this happens all the time. I'm sure it happens in your industry, Laura. I'm sure you've got loads of stories that you'd never say publicly in football, bio. And it's not something I'm interested in doing, but it was really the end of the tether for me. And I sat on it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'd gone through stuff in my personal life during that time as well. I decided to move away from that kind of sensationalism, but I'd never really done. I've never really made content like that. And then I decided I wanted to get it done more or less for me. So I could say, because I'd always been asked my opinion on it. I want to get it out there, say what I think, and then it's done. I don't need to think about it ever again. So, yeah, I mean, I completely get what you want to talk about in this podcast and see if you can dig any more. But for me, it's like, I'd rather leave it in the past. If people want to watch the video, it's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you did there. Like see what you did there. No, no, listen, I know. Um, I just thought it round on. I thought it was good because... YouTube is a whole universe. It's a world and with so many different characters, so many different people and you cross paths. You're not going to get on. Listen, I've crossed paths with bare footballers that I don't get on. But you understand what I'm saying? So I'm with you on that. It was just nice yeah, that yeah. we jumped on that. On digging, which ones are you talking about, Bayo? What, the footballers? <laughs> I bear with them, yeah? Hey, which footballer did I come across the other day that was a dick now playing? Like, let's just leave that out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, can, can I ask a question? So you know we were talking about that check that your dad wrote earlier on. Um, yeah. so there might be quite a few people that are listening who've never made a YouTube video and don't get the way it works. Can you just explain to me, A, when you've made your first video and it's been monetized, do they physically send you a check or do they stick it straight in your bank? And when you got your first check from YouTube, what did you do with it? I think... When it first began, it was checks, but I don't think I ever received one. I think that um, I didn't monetize my videos for so long. I'd probably be making YouTube videos for um, maybe five or six years before I ever received any oh. money for one. Uh, it, that by then, it's just all bank transfers. You know, it just sits in a bank transfer. But to be honest, my first, trying to think now, my first like time I received any money, I would have been still in employment. So it wouldn't have been like, and it would have just gone into my bank accounts. It wasn't like some sort of ceremonial, like, oh, I'm going to use this money to buy a camera or something. It just sat there because I had a job. Uh, I think after that, what was more kind of uh, important was, you know, when I quit my job to really just try and survive off YouTube money, it was literally right. how much is my rent? How much is my general cost of living? How many, and I've never done this. A lot of YouTubers do this. And you might surprise you to think I haven't because of what you're saying about business side, but 
people will literally look at a thing called CPM, which tells you, you know, basically how much money you're getting, how many pounds you're getting per thousand views from advertising revenue. And they will literally go, oh, when I made this video and I use this title about this subject, my CPM was really good. So I need to make more videos like that. Or if I upload it this time, and that's like a way of gaming the system, like any industry. I've never done it. I, I couldn't even tell you my CPM at what any is, point. What in the is last a CPM? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, because I said, what's a CPM? It, it means cost per, per thousand. But I don't know what mine is. I couldn't, I could find out. I, I, it's, it's like how much an advertiser has to pay for their ads to appear across a thousand, a video, one of your videos a thousand times. And basically. does that vary per, or, sorry, it, oh, it varies, it varies. Yeah, it varies based on the sort of content you make. It varies on sort of time of year it is. So for example, generally you get really good CPM in like December because advertisers are spending to try and get people to buy stuff for Christmas. Whereas okay. January, the CPM falls off because they're not doing that. Uh, likewise, if you make football content, so you see some people smash loads of content out around like the Euros or the World Cup because there's a lot of brands spending money on football around that time. So there's all these things to think about. And there's like, you know, there's YouTubers who are completely different skill set to me who have been really clever, completely reinventing their content. I'm talking like change the complete subject to what they do around trending things, around things that everyone's making video. Like right now, everyone's doing these Pokemon card things again. It's crazy. These grown people talking about Pokemon <laughs> well, that's cards. That's come back, back, yeah? That's it. They're getting millions of views. Logan Paul spent a hundred grand on one Pokemon card. What? What? This is like a thing. This is like a YouTube thing. Like I've never got in, I've never followed. If you watch my content the last 10 years, it's like there's just one theme throughout everything. It's just football. I've never really gone off of it. And I probably could have made more money, had more subscribers, lived in a bigger house, all these sorts of things, if I followed certain trends. You know, as sad as it, as much as it breaks my heart, I used to always say, because you have to remember, everyone's audience is varied, right? You see the demographics. I've got all kinds of ages and whatnot watching my videos, but habitually a lot of youtube viewers are younger right that's just a thing they use youtube in a different way to what you two and me and i do yeah and i'm, I'm with laura you might be surprised to hear this i don't watch that much youtube either <laughs> i actually don't watch that much <laughs> yeah, i should I'm probably sorry. watch more but <laughs> youngsters do and so you have to always be aware even though i've never made content for young people i know they're watching it so i don't swear in my videos for example because i don't think i need to and i know it's going to shut me off to a certain audience but some people will really tailor their content towards that audience because they know it will do well. And um, But ultimately, some people have made videos that they know youngsters want to watch because they're not allowed to watch it normally, if you know what I mean. Their yeah, parents yeah. don't know it's on YouTube. They think it would be somewhere else. And it's like I always said, if I when I was doing more FIFA content, if I'd been opening FIFA packs with my missus in a bra, I'd probably have an extra zero at the end of all my numbers right now. It's just a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people have done that. It, I don't agree with it, but that is something that works a lot on YouTube over the years. So I think it's like, I don't know how we're on um, Watershed and all that stuff, but when I was a kid and I was like 14, the thing you watched that you didn't, parents didn't know you watched was like Euro Trash on Channel 4. Oh, right? I remember I watched Euro, Euro Trash. Lulu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, oh, my dog's called Lulu. Yeah, you see what, what I did? You see <laughs> that? That's why subconsciously, consciously, you watch Lulu as a kid, oh named your God. dog Lulu, because when you look at Lulu, you're like, God, it's forbidden. Well. And listen, I know what you did out here. You know what I mean? Yeah, you are trash. Oh Continue. Let's just well, switch it. It's like, it's like an equivalent nowadays. Maybe in the last few years, there have been things that they call like adpocalypse and stuff, where YouTube have started um, cracking down on what content they allow to be monetized. So like if someone put, even during COVID, right? Mm. I think we had an example of it. Me and Seb, my brother, made a video really early on talking about we made it in like January saying, will the Euros be cancelled? And everyone was like, no chance. And the title was, 
will uh, COVID cancel the Euros? And that video got demonetized. They weren't letting anyone monetize a video that had the word COVID in the title. Wow. And that's like wow. a really... Wow. Um, that's like a really placid example, but the people that do any video of anything like that, terrorism or crime or swear words or anything like that in the title, they won't get monetized. And that's obviously new. That wasn't always the case. Mm. Um, and they're much more on top of that YouTube now. So people are finding them. People's channels will basically be put like into retirement. Never, YouTube will make sure that channel never gets a good CPM again because of certain content they made. So that's why you see a lot of these creators making second channels. It makes it sound like they're um, trying to, give you more content, but really it's because that first channel just doesn't make any money anymore. Even though they've got millions of subscribers, they need to go across. Oh, wow. All these things going on behind the scenes. I didn't See, there's a whole new... There's, uh, still, for... Um, of course, when I jumped on YouTube back in the day with... That world, I still don't understand. I still don't understand. I, I'm like... I like making content. I want all what I like to do and that. I do think YouTube's a little bit more... And maybe it's just my perception of it. I think you've got to be conscious about YouTube. So I'm very flippant, you know, on my Snapchat, on my Instagram, TikTok. I'm very flippant. But for some reason, I've got a mindset that YouTube is conscious. So what you post on there has to be, which, uh, listen, some people are that, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, I think it's like a TV and it's yeah. you're putting your stuff on it and people keep coming back. But it's a world that, it's, it still complicates me. I, like, I still look at it and it still complicates me. I want to ask you about some of the people that you've met along your line of work and, and also the people that you've shared a pitch with because you kind of mentioned earlier on and obviously the one that stood out for me that you mentioned was Perez because I'm an Arsenal fan. But you have met and worked alongside some giants in the world of football. Who were the ones where, I know you're a West Ham fan and all that, who were the ones that really blew you away and you felt quite like, oh my goodness, like I'm sharing a pitch with this person. Yeah, I mean, sharing the pitch is a different level, isn't it? Because you, you get yeah. to meet people and shake their hand and like do whatever. But when you're actually playing football, you've almost got them a, a little bit exposed, you know, like because when you're aware you're in an interview or whatever, but on a football pitch, they're, they're playing against you um, or with you. So I would say that for whatever reason, I've never really been someone that has that kind of... Um, when I meet someone, I'm never really that, that mm. kind of nervous around them, whatever. I don't know why that is. I think maybe the fact that I worked with footballers and stuff before I went into this industry maybe helped with that. So when I worked with Vincent Company back in the day, I was probably a bit bit awe shocked when I first mm. saw him and met him. And then it kind of trained me for the rest of it. In football terms, though, I have to say, I mean, playing against Steven Gerrard, like, and he, even though he was just recently retired at the time, wasn't even in the Rangers job yet. I could just see exactly. Obviously, I knew all about him from watching him, but why he was so good? Because even against us in the Wembley Cup, he was like getting everyone off him and just that guy. As soon as the whistle ended, you know, great, but like real competitor. We actually played against him twice. Both games he ran the show, but both games we won. And at the end of the second game, he, he shook my brother's hand. He said, "I'm playing with you next time." So that was a massive problem. I was like, "Yes." Wow. Um, and then there's a really funny moment in the second Wembley Cup when I was playing against JJ Kocha. And JJ Kocha, you can imagine, like, because there's a crowd there, he's putting on a show, he's doing rainbow flicks, all this stuff. And I just remember thinking, like, I've just got to get the ball off this guy once, I can retire off it. And he comes uh, down the, I was playing right back, he was coming down the left side, and I did a slide tackle, and I heard the crowd cheer. And I was in my head in this, like, you know, split second thinking, I've just slid tackle JJ Okocha. I'm the best footballer of all time. <laughs> and then I realised the crowd were cheering because as I slid, he nutmegged me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's an honour. It's an honour to be nutmegged yeah. by JJ. 
I would love to be nutmegged by JJ Koch. You know what? I met him once and we, we did this thing called um, Star Sixes and they were just so many legends. Funnily enough, Perez was there as well. And he was one of the ones I was most starstruck by. They were like, I mean, there were loads of them, like the Brazilian team were there as well. And it was just like, it was just one of those moments where it was like footballers from that sort of age group, you know, that kind of time in football, that they're the ones that start, that get me starstruck. And also Ray Parler. <laughs> Ray Parler. He wasn't there that day, but he was the one when I met him. Yeah. I'd met almost all of the Arsenal side from like the Invincibles and before that and after that. So I'd met all, almost all of those generations of Arsenal players through my line of work. He was the one that I hadn't met. And then I remember I only met him about five years ago and I was beyond starstruck. I couldn't, like, it took me a really long time. I still get it a little bit now when I work with him. Isn't that yeah. yeah Parler, yeah. Ray Parler. You can, you can fake the whole your club thing. Like, I was mm. just thinking there when I was at the. Uh, London Football Awards. I, I got a selfie with uh, Dimitri Payet when he was playing for West Ham. And bear in mind, like I've Payet was, was huge in his prime, but there's a lot bigger footballers than Payet. And I, I've done a Google Hangout with Messi, for example, oh right? I didn't beat him, but you know what I mean. Like I've done things like that. But the asking Payet for that selfie because mm. he was in his pomp at West Ham, and I'm a massive West Ham fan. I, that was probably the thinking back. I was probably quite nervous for that bit, and I think that's probably the parlor shout. Yeah, for you. you can't mention Messi without telling us what. That was about, pardon? Yeah, well, yeah, don't drop that. Don't do this. He <laughs> dropped in, Me he was like, yeah, listen, I did a Google Hangout with Messi and then spin past like it's not just I went like, to yeah, like, <laughs> like it's me saying, yeah, you know, I went to Nando's yesterday. But it's not normal. No, the, to be fair, the Messi one, I forget I've done it because it was during the FIFA player day. So I was in character. So yeah, I used to play a character messy. called FIFA player, which is when we first met. That's Bayern, where I first I was, met. I was in, I was in wasn't I? I'd love to know what you thought of me that first time because did I come out of character off camera? I must have. Yeah, you came out of character. Yeah. So in character, no. Like Spencer's always been that. I, I, if you know it, he always makes you feel at ease. Not like I need anybody to make me feel at ease, but like we did it in a gym and it was extreme FIFA, I think we played. So yeah. we played FIFA and we had to do gym exercises and it was, but, and again, like I said, this was all new to me. Like all that world was new to me. And I remember my brother was like, listen, start getting into it, rah. And Spencer was just like, listen, we're going to do this. Because straight away, I was like, listen, if you whoop my ass on FIFA and embarrass me, I'm telling you, we're going to have a problem. So I didn't know this guy. But he always has, he always had this thing of, at ease. he's like, listen, no, it's about the content. Like, nobody's like, trust me. So then, of course, in character, he was like, listen, nobody's seen my face. Like, it's only, and I was thinking, what? I was like, what, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, he had this big mask on his face. He's had his hood covered. I was like, what? And again, it was, but then, of course, course off character is like yeah look, this is me and now so I put the mask back on put the mask back on you know? <laughs> be a method actor <laughs> um I've got a challenge for you I want you to pick your like super six aside because that's obviously what we called super six podcast but I want you to do it with YouTubers so this could be like not necessarily the best footballers but the best YouTubers who would you put in best YouTubers okay hmm I'm gonna be a bit more I'll be a bit biased towards people I've worked with and people that I watch um, and there's a lot of different types of content. But I, I am a YouTuber put... known. I am a YouTuber. Yeah, no. See, but you're a footballer as well. I don't know if I can fit you in by it. Uh, you're, that's you're, an easy way out, that. Uh, yeah, that's he thinks he's slick, yeah. you know, because you're a bit of everything. You yeah. tick everything. Don't try it. No, that's fine. We'll let you have that one because right now he's playing in the championship. We have to make a big deal out of it. Oh, no, no, I'm <laughs> a champ player now, man. I knew it when I was in League Two. 
Right. He's always been a supporter for me, you know. You met me and now you're in the championship. I'm you're welcome. Pub. He's always <laughs> been a supporter. Hey, Spencer's always been a supporter. I, hey, anyway, I don't even want to keep... He's supporting me throughout my career. Just anyway, it's been sick. But God, I'll answer then. Sick. But, but you don't yeah. make his super six. But I don't make his super six. I'm trying to get into his team, but it's not really working. So he died. <laughs> okay, who am I going to put in there? I've got to put KSI in there. I think, like I say, he, he um, laid the foundations for anyone in the UK, certainly as a YouTuber, regardless of what content you make, really. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put True Geordie in there. True Geordie. Who's Big True Geordie. Very different content to me, but similar subject area, a lot of it about football, but also a good friend of mine. He's kind of created his own brand, for want of a better yeah. word, but his podcasts are great and he like does everything. Right. He's a great example of someone that sort of went, you know what, the establishment is not for me. I'm going to do it my own way. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he says things he probably wouldn't get away with mm. on the establishment. Uh, that I don't always agree with, and I've told him that. But as a person, I think his his work rate is probably not appreciated to the level it should be. Uh, you don't you don't get to where he's got by accident. Yeah. Uh, who else am I putting in there? I'll put in. He'll have a go at me if I don't. It's a great channel called Seb on Golf. Seb, um, and that's your brother. Seb, yeah, right, may yeah. Or may not be my that's brother. the big one. That's the big bro, bro, Seb. <laughs> To be fair, sports, we should talk about it. Like Seb in his own right, you know, is my brother, but he has a golf YouTube channel. He's actually, I've managed to make a, a pigeonhole for myself in football mm. without really being that good at football. Seb's actually very good at golf. He is. Uh, he's, he, it's an event that was on Sky every year called the Trilby Tour. He's the only person in the history of the world to win it twice. Do you know what? We, we, golf tournament. we talk about niche events. I actually presented that one. <laughs> Joking, and I saw yeah, it. That's you, where I met your dad. You learn something yeah. new every day. I didn't know Seb was. I didn't know he was He's good. I didn't know he was beast mode like that. Yeah. Um, I'll put in. Uh, there's a guy who I haven't actually watched him as much recently, but I used to watch him loads a few years ago. He's a guy called. Uh, his name's Ethan, but the channel's called H3H3. Completely different content to me. It's got more commentary content. A guy from America who does it with his partner as well, uh, Ela, and they've recently had a child and. Very different to, again, like, it's like a comedian sort of a commentator, but he's very funny. But again, if you go back to early YouTube, someone that inspired me a lot in a creative way is probably uh, Casey Neistat. Um, yes. We first started. Yeah. Yes. Again, I haven't, I haven't watched his videos for a while, but he was definitely a big inspiration for a long time. He is. If, if no one's watched that channel, Casey Neistat's like, like, arty as hell like he gets all the like the brand new equipment sent to him all like the drones when the drones were like you know first becoming kind of big on the scene of filming and all that sort of stuff all the best cameras and he just goes around New York basically do you remember the one I remember the one that actually got me watching his channel was when he was New York was basically shut down because of snow and he was attached to the back of a car with skis yeah. or, or something like that, yes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was yeah, basically yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. ski or snowboarding through the streets in New York and filming it. And it was just like amazing. Didn't he do the Aladdin's carpet one as well? Was that him? Was that someone uh, else? I think that might have been um guy from BF versus GF, uh, Jesse. I think Jesse, maybe. Might Jesse. Have been that. But yeah, yeah, he does loads of stuff like that. Mm. And he um he's like a bit of an adrenaline junkie, very, very creative, as you mentioned. But I think why he inspired me so much was because he was a traditional filmmaker. He had a series on HBO. He was a proper director and he chose to commit to YouTube. Like it wasn't a case of, you know, him not being able to do it anywhere else. Like some people have had to, me really, let's be honest, I've got the opportunity to present things like FIFA and football and all these things because I did YouTube, not made a name elsewhere. Whereas he chose that platform. And whilst he got made himself more famous on, on YouTube as a result, he actually had the skills already. Didn't he, Spencer, didn't he do a YouTube video a day for a year? Wasn't that like his thing? 
I think he did a YouTube video a day for many years. I think, Liam, I, yeah, I think he was. Are we really still talking about our guy, Kirsty? Yeah, Casey, Casey, Casey. Yeah, yeah, same it's thing, same thing. Because I just sat there for three minutes while you two went in depth <laughs> about Casey. Both of you seemed so inspired, and I just jumped on the bandwagon because I didn't have a clue Sorry. who you lot was talking. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, your eyes lit up, Spence, when you said it. LW was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Whoa! I was like, raw. I better just jump in and say I know this person, Kirsty. Yeah, Kirsty. So <laughs> no, no, he was. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Originally, when he was sort of, I might, I might be wrong, but I'm sure when he was setting it all up, his his challenge was like, I'm going to do a video a day, and they were like high class videos, not just like you know rubbish ones. They were like really, really good. Anyway, um, that's right. the amazing thing is like because I've done video a day back in my when I first when that period when I really kind of grew on YouTube. I was doing daily uploads. But, Daily uploads I was doing was probably 80% of them were me playing FIFA <laughs> and then editing that is not the most complicated work. Yeah, yeah. He would make these vlogs that would look like little films and then yeah. drone footage. And I just didn't understand how he found enough hours in the day. I think he's like uh, insomnia. I don't think yeah, he slept. Yeah. The content he was turning, oh, he has to have four editors working for him or something. Yeah. The content he was turning around was unbelievable. So, yeah, that that's 100% uh, very, very inspirational for me. Who's um, your number six? That's five, right? Need yeah, one more? yeah, you need one more. I'm going to throw a bit of a random one in there. And I'm going to say someone I've watched a lot on over the years is uh, Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Good he's not really a YouTuber. He's like an everything. And obviously he's had a hell of a career before he even made a YouTube video. Jeez. But, you know, his, his podcasts and whatnot live on YouTube. And uh, I think they're actually moving to Spotify now. But he, he he's someone I've spent a lot of time watching, I think, he gets some interesting guests on there and he, he allows people to think a little bit outside the box. And, you know, I'm technically on, on a, a, a podcast that is part of the establishment. I'm not anti-establishment by any ways, but I think what uh, Joe's done, whilst also being a presenter of a major sport in UFC, is also create his own platform completely, which is inspiring for anyone in this, ne in this neck of the woods. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's a great shout, actually. What a team. So KSI, True Geordie, Seb, your brother... <laughs> Uh, how he's squeezed in there, I don't know. He's I gonna know, have, he's gonna I ain't gonna lie. Their first three is the ones I know. The, the other three I don't know. So H three, H three, is that what we're calling that one? Number yep, three, yep, yeah. Yep. Interestingly, and then Casey Neistat and Joe Rogan. That's a strong finish there. Great, great, super six. Well done. I think we're probably gonna have to let you go now. No, no, I got one you more want another question. One? Okay, <laughs> I got one more question. <clears throat> All right, if you had to pick between hashtag making it to the football league. Or West Ham winning the Premier League, which one would it be? So, last kick of the game. Last kick of the game. Hashtag score, they make it to the Football League. West Ham score, they win the Premier League. Which one are you going for? One's a lot more realistic than the other. I'll let you decide which that is. I, I don't want to um, throw that out there because Antonio's was my guy. So let me just not say that. that is. <laughs> the hashtag's the more realistic one. Um, yeah, the... It's very hard. I get asked to, not this exact question, but West Ham or hashtag question a lot. And it's very hard to um, explain it to someone if they haven't been through what I've been through with hashtag. Like when you create, someone that runs their own business or anything like that would, would understand it, I guess. When you create something yourself and like, it's not just myself, it's my fiance, my brothers, my mum, my dad. You create friendships. Half of my best friends have played for this club. Our first ever goal scorer is my, my best friend since I was six years old. He's our first ever goal scorer in history. Who's the first manager? That's what I was about to go on. My oh. second best friend okay. is our first ever manager. Do you know who that was, Laura? Thank you. You know what that is? Was that you? No? He's, he's second <laughs> best friend. 
second best friend was the yes, was first the manager. First manager was yours truly. It was you. It was me. What? Yes. Managed the team. How long did he last for, Spencer? He well, we got a win. We won. We win. So what, you made it one game. We I, I went there, managed it, we won. Inspirational. Record. It was hey. That's the only thing. I keep saying I ain't going to go into management, but I so enjoyed that. Like the connections, a couple people, there was one centre-back, I can't remember him, but he was moving like a man-mountain. I loved it. I lo oh, yeah. well, you, you gave him that name, uh, a post-match team talk, and we called him the man-mountain for the next four years. I'm telling you, it was, it was insane. He was winning everything. I was so inspired. Ah, good times. And what people don't know, and Bayo maybe doesn't know this yet, is that Hashtag started their journey in football with Bayo, and I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure Bayo ends his footballing journey with hashtag. That's, That's the perfect, thing is, we, it? The, the worst thing is, the world don't know. And we, we touched this, I'm telling you, and I'll commit it now, I can confirm what will play for hashtag. <laughs> Hopefully in the football you. league. Yeah, in the football league. <laughs> right. I don't know. We, we ain't got that long. We ain't got that, the worst thing, I ain't got that, I ain't got that long left, big man. I ain't got that long left. <laughs> But yeah, this will tell you it's gonna happen. I just have to pick up on something you said because you're talking about creating something, aren't you? So I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna say that it's more important for you to for hashtag to make the football league rather than West Ham to win something, right? Yeah, it's not that it's more important because hashtag we've created a, a world where we can be sustainable and have amazing support outside of the football league, which is amazing. Yeah. But the journey of getting from nothing to there is much more difficult than West Ham winning a league they're already in and been in for a long, long time. And I'm not involved in it. I'm a fan of West Ham. I'd love for it to happen. But um, the, the mobility of English football system is so unique and we, it's such a great thing that we're part of. So it, it's not even, to be honest, it's, it won't help my reputation with the West Ham fans, but it's not even... <laughs> Going up football league, it's like winning our league now. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Okay, one more thing before you go. Talking of creations, you have a little baby on the way. You did your reveal. It's a little boy. Congratulations, Congratulations. to you and your missus. It's just amazing, really. How are you feeling about this? Can't wait to be honest. You know, it's been an interesting year to. Um, be pregnant or Alex to be pregnant because obviously she's not really missed much despite there being lockdown you know, mm. and um, we've had to be really careful with what we do she's no one's doing anything so it's been a, probably quite a good time I think there's going to be a lot of lockdown babies a lot yeah. of babies Lockie and Corona <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coming yeah. over the next two years talking about that hey, talking about first congratulations as a father welcome to fatherhood and that you know what I'm saying I've known you and that so talking about creations and names and that any names um, any names you and Al has been chatting about Alex has been chatting about you know what I'm saying well, listen, you've talked about me being a YouTube businessman. Do you think I'm giving you that exclusive oh, on YouTube? <laughs> like, listen, part of my negotiation out here, though, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I may put in a contract for me to sign for hashtag. Maybe I can get um, a middle name so the son, your son can be like a bio or Addy or, you know what I'm saying? I'm just frying that out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, run it past Alex because I know she's really the boss and that, do you know what I'm saying? But exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll take it under consideration for sure. We'll put it as a, a potential bonus maybe in the contract. <laughs> That's a business me speaking right there, isn't it? There's no negotiation, really. I love this guy. Listen, um, Spencer, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. You, um, we find you fascinating, but you're, we also really like you. So um, it's really nice to have some time and just catching up with you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for all the kind words. And uh, I'll definitely be hitting you up for some father advice in a few months, Bear. <laughs> I'm my G. I bless Send our best to Alex as well. Yeah, nothing but love, my brother. See you Take later. Care. Peace. Brilliant. I love him. I always feel like when I meet him and when I speak to him, I want to do better in my own life at whatever I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Listen, Spencer's <laughs> that guy. Like he said it, he's that guy. And it's just, you know, he's 
I always put it down to he's prim and proper, but I've got my time for him and that. And congratulations on the baby and that. Looking forward to that. Proud of the brother. Yeah. Uh, baby bio. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna. I'm really going to work that in. He thinks he's joke. I'm going to keep pressuring him, like, sort of thing. I give him something like, he can name it like... Um, Noble bio, Noble Owen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Something like that. You know what I'm saying. Something like that. I'll throw that in for him. I'm gonna work it one day. <laughs> All right, people. It's time to look at the Super Six fixtures for round 14. Don't forget, you can download the Super Six app, create an account, and play for free. Remember, I said free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be in with a chance to win 250 thousand pounds this week that's a lot of money we also have our super six league and you can join it and if you want to you need this code super six and there is a one thousand pound prize for the winner of that league also just a gentle reminder if you invite your mates to join super six and they win then you will go on to win twenty five thousand pounds oh that's money money Okay, right, we're going to do our predictions for this week. So we're going to rattle through them and then we're going to focus on one game at the end. Let's go for it. The first fixture, Borough Norwich Bio. What are you saying? Uh, I'm going to say 3-1 Norwich. Do you know what? I wrote that down originally. I've actually gone for 2-1 because I realise Borough haven't actually let in that many goals. So we're close on that one. Bristol City Derby. Jeez. Okay. Koku's just been sacked. Rooney's taken over. But I, I don't know if they're going to have enough impetus. So I'm going to say 2-1 Bristol City. Are you? I'm just for the new manager bounce. Even though he's still, he's already there. Yeah. I'm going to go for a derby win. I'm going to say 2-1 derby. Okay. Even though it's away as well. Anyway, Barnsley, not in the forest. Did you hear who's <laughs> linked to Barnsley this yeah, week? Yeah, Balotelli. Right. <laughs> I heard that. that. I heard Amazing. that. So this is without Balotelli. Barnsley, Nottingham Forest. Listen, look, we played Forest the last game. They beat us. I just think Forest will have a little bit too much for them. So I'm going to say 2-0 Forest. Oh, difficult because they're quite close together, aren't they? I think there's only like a point that separates these two. I'm going to go for Forest. I'm going to say 1-0 Forest. Okay. Millwall v Cardiff. I think to be fair, both these teams are similar. Both play direct football. Both got two good managers. I'm going to say Millwall just because they're at home. So I'm going to say 1-0 Millwall. Yeah, do you know what? I'm actually going to say, I was going to say 1-0, but I want to say a little bit different to you. So I'm going to say 2-1 Millwall. Okay. Preston v Sheffield Wednesday. New manager, Sheffield Wednesday, Gary Monk's gone. Or they say they've lost their manager, so I don't know if they've got a new manager yet. I'm still going to say a home win for Preston. So I'm going to say Preston 1-0. Are oh, you? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm going to do it as well because I think they're in a sort of troubled times at the moment. So I'm going to say 2-0 Preston. Okay, now we're going to preview Aston Villa v Brighton. What do you think about this one, Bayer? Listen, I think Villa at the moment are they're, <laughs> they're just on flames. Um, I think they've just gonna, they've got a confident Grealish back who was, especially the game against Belgium, he was on flames. Uh, Watkins is scoring goals. Barkley and Grealish's combination. Keeper's doing all right as well. Yeah, so look, I I think Brighton are at the moment still trying to find themselves. Um, so I'm, listen, and it's Villa's at home, but the Premier League is weird like that and throws up some crazy results. But I'm going to go, Villa likes to score goals. At the moment, actually, you've kept quite a good defensive record. But I'm going to say 3-1 Villa. 
Yeah, do you know what? I I worry a little bit for Brighton because for all of the attractive football that they're playing, they are struggling to grind these results out and they've been fairly unlucky actually at times. Um, But I think for Villa as well, all those players that you mentioned, you know, the really standout players for them have been amazing. There's one actually of the new signings that I don't think gets a lot of credit and should probably get a little bit more. It's Matt Cash. And I saw this stat this week actually. Only two players have made 20 plus tackles, 20 plus interceptions in the Premier League this season. N'Golo Kante and Matty Cash. He is quite integral to that team and this is a new he's a new player that's come in so he's found his feet straight away I think he'd be a very good player for them I agree with you I think it's going to be an Aston Villa win I'm actually going to say like you say as well the confidence that Grealish would have got from international duty I'm actually going to say 3-0 to Villa that might be a bit disrespectful for Brighton um, but I wanted to keep it a little bit different to yours so I'm going to say 3-0 to Villa they've also got a game in hand as well couldn't they go top if they win their game in hand who Villa yeah but it is against Manchester City, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's both go for it then. We're both going for Villa wins. I'm saying 3-0. You're saying 3-1. 3-1. Right, guys, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Big thanks as well to Spencer FC for joining us. Congratulations, my baby. Is that Big up, Spence. Bye. Remember to get involved on Twitter. Follow us at Super6 or use hashtag Super6Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to make sure the podcast downloads automatically each week for you. See you next time, people. See ya. Peace.